0: Greetings, family. This is Yapa Moyende Gina, also known as Cassandra Floyd, also known as the rogue black girl. And thank you for joining me this evening um, for the continued reading of the most dynamic book. If you have me tell it, the new Bible, uh, The Great Cosmic Mother, Rediscovering the Religion of the Earth by Monica Zhu and Barbara Moore. So for those who may just be starting for the first time, um, this is the game-changing event, okay? This book is everything. This is my second time reading this book live online. Um, I'm doing it here on YouTube. I did it the first time in 2020 on Facebook and um, the response was really good. So I said, all right, I'll do it again. I'll do it on YouTube so I can actually get good archives of the video. But the book is everything, okay? Um, I'm doing the lives because I also will be teaching a workshop on this book after we're done reading the book. So if you're interested in participating in the book club, the book club I'm facility- facilitating through Facebook. So you can go to my Facebook page, which is Iapo, I-Y-A-P-O, Iapo Moyende, Um Engina. And that information is also in the description below. Um, if you want to make a donation, that information is in the um, description below. And also the chapter numbers. So if you are reading the book for the first time or following along for the first time, you will notice that the chapters are not numbered. So what I encourage you to do is to go through... Um, and number the chapters so that you can follow along. That was also, uh, uh, you know, a critique from the first time that I read it is the chapters are only titled. They are not numbered. So it was really difficult for people to follow along. So today we are reading uh, from the Great Cosmic Mother, Rediscovering the Religion of the Earth. We are doing chapters 24 through 27. Um, I usually try to read for only an hour. So if I find that I have a little bit more time, we may go ahead and go into um, chapter 28. But the chapters today are really dope because they are focusing on the traditions, the history of the traditions around the moon mother or anything to do with the moon, lunar calendars, the history of lunar calendars and so on and so forth. So it's a really great chapter all about the moon, which is fitting since we've just come out of the energy of the full moon, the Virgo full moon. And today is the first day of spring, this lovely equinox. So the last 72 hours have been pretty energetically dynamic. So anyway, um, I will begin. Chapter 24. Moon time, the great intellectual triumph of women's culture. To interpret the flow of terrestrial magnetism the dragon current the serpent path it is also necessary to watch the night sky night to ancient people was not the absence of light or a negative darkness but a powerful source of energy and inspiration at night cosmos reveals herself in her vastness The earth opens to moisture and germination under moonlight, and the magnetic serpentine current stirs itself in the underground waters, just as the thick, snaky spray of stars, the Milky Way, winds across the night sky. Moon phases are a part of the great cosmic dance in which everything participates, the movement of the celestial bodies, the pulse of the tides, the circulation of the blood and sap and animals and plants, observation of the night sky, of the stars, and especially of the moon was the beginning of mathematics and science. Stonehenge on Sillsbury uh, Plain, 16 miles south of Silbury Hill, does not exist in isolation. Its structure also represents a seasonal and human life cycle. It was probably the center or head of an earlier, much larger configuration of long borrows that together portrayed the squatting goddess. The Avebury monuments in Stonehenge, taken together, as Michael Dane says, may have been arranged to share and perfect the celestial environment, just as they share the River Avon. Stonehenge Stonehenge was elaborated over a long period of generations and was rebuilt many times. Stonehenge 1, circa 2750 B.C., is contemporary with Silsbury. It consists of the earthworks of the Outer Banks and the 56 A. Holes. Its four station posts are in lunar and solar alignments. The latitude of Stonehenge is practically optimum for, for moon, sun, rectangular alignment. The Midsummer Sunrise Stones in the West Kennet Avenue at Avebury and the Heel Stone at Stonehenge were both erected around 2600 BC. The function of the Avebury Holes uh, was to predict lunar eclipses. It is infinitely more difficult to study the orbit of the moon than, of the, than that of the earth around the sun. The moon describes an arc around the earth that varies from month to month. The arc is slightly tilted in such a way that over a period of 18.6 years, the moon first rises and sets very far in the north and south, and then it gradually moves its rising and setting points further inwards from from these extreme positions. After 9.3 years, it begins to move back again, retracting, retracing its steps we now know that the megalithic stone circles of England and Brittany were, among other things, giant observatories. Running its dimensions through computers, modern astronomers have confirmed that Stonehenge was used to calculate the solstices, equinoxes, and future eclipses of sun and moon. Some have called it a solar temple, but the major concern of the megalith builders seems to have been precise observation of the moon. The moon's eclipse cycles is measured by a period of 18.61 years, and the 56 A-berry holes are set to mark this cycle over a period of time, 19 plus 19 plus 18 years. More remarkable, many of the stone circles and alignments throughout Britain were built to calculate precisely the slight periodic nine-foot oscillation of the moon in- of the amp of amplitude 9 feet or 0.15 degrees. This period, of tiny, this period of this tiny wobble is 173.31 days, or half an eclipse year. Such accurate knowledge of this small lunar oscillation, familiar to Neolithic moon people, was lost to the Western world and not rediscovered until Tycho Bray's observations in the 16th century. The moon's wobble was known and accurately measured by ancient Arabic astronomers whose traditional knowledge was not destroyed by Christian book burnings, um, library raisings, and persecutions of intelligence. The Mayans observed it also. At this point, let's quote Pliny, a writer of the first century AD, quote, True it is, I confess, that the invention of the ephemerides to fork for thereby not only the day and night with the eclipses of the sun and moon, but also the very hours is ancient. Here be it the most, uh, the most part. Let's see the most part of tradition. The common people have been and are of this opinion received by tradition from their forefathers that all the same is done by enchantments and that by by the means of some sorceries and herbs together, both moon and sun may be charmed and enforced both to lose and recover their light. To do which fee, women are thought to be more skillful and meet than men. And to say a truth, but a number of fabulous miracles are reported to have been wrought by Medea, queen of Colchis and other women. Especially by Circa, um, our famous Circe, our famous witch here in Italy, who for her singular skill that way was canonized a goddess. End quote. The charming of the sun and moon to lose and recover their light, their light refers, of course, to eclipses, and apparently the knowledge needed to predict them, including. Um, If uh, a tables originated with women and with female cosmology dating back far into the Stone Age, the chalk banks of Stonehenge Avenue meander for nearly two miles from the River Avon to the Hinge. There was even an enclosure nearby, very much like the uh, Avebury Sanctuary. It is called Woodhenge and its egg shaped ring has five concentric circles. At Stonehenge One, in the concentric circles of ditch, bank, and Avebury holes, the image of the Eye Goddess was created. At Stonehenge Two, 2000 BC to 1800 BC, the station posts are still standing. A half circle of U shape, vulva shape design was created pres- uh, with precious blue stones brought from the Fassili um, Mountains in Wales, and more, uh, which is more than a hundred miles away. That part of Wales itself, um, that part of Wales was itself an ancient sacred center for the the Celtic goddess Cetuin, abounding with stone circles. The blue stones are about six to eight feet high, delicately colored and finely shaped. Nearby stands Pentre Han, the large gateway cromlech, anciently called the womb of Cetuin by the Druids. Originally covered by an egg-shaped earth mound, it was a dark interior space where Druids practiced initiation rites. Stonehenge is precisely positioned so that the distant hills align astronomically with the great stone arches. It was built to keep the rhythm of the agricultural year in synchronization with the movements of the astronomical year. Even in historic times, according to Michael Dames, the stones were still related to to the wheat harvest. In folk memory and custom, the stones could be counted correctly only by laying a loaf of bread beside each stone. Woo! The 30 upright stones of the Sirson Circle probably represented 29.5 days of the lunar month, which, with the smallest stone, the second stone, as the half day. In the final version of Stonehenge, built by the Beaker people, the blue stones were repositioned. The new feature is the unique use of lintels, perhaps more specifically in the solar temple that most male historians and writers so urgently want to find there. But even from, even from this later beaker period, goddess carvings are found on the stones. It is possible. <laughs> it is possible. Let's see that the elevation created by the later. Uh, trilithons were was trodden at the first fruits ceremony. People climbing up by ladders or scaffolding. What appears to be a libation bowl carved with goddess eyes is sunk into the upper surface of the Great tr- Trilithon lintel. Stonehenge is very majestic, but harsh and gloomy. Avebury is open, deeply material and feeling, and the heart of a beautiful rolling countryside which is presumably why Avebury was condemned to oblivion for centuries until rescued in the 1930s. And there was no thorough written account of Avebury between 1743 and 1977. Stonehenge, as soon as it was described as a solar temple, took all the attention and later became particularly popular as a Druid temple. The megalith. The megalith stones circles, megalith stone circles were used for the most delicate lunar observations. Alexander Thom, a British civil engineer who measured hundreds of megalithic sites, believes that all the impressive alignments in Britain were lunar. The geometry of those stone circles is derived from the extreme positions of the moon, stars, and sun as they cross the horizon. In particular, the moon could be measured against a distant hill slope with all the lunar backsites marked by the tallest stones. The great 60-foot-high menir near Carnac in Brittany, when viewed from other megalithic sites, acted as a marker of extreme positions in the moon's orbit. And this lunar observatory stone dates from from, 4, 000, from about 4,000 years ago. Lunar sites, according to Thom, were often built in very remote and inaccessible places, particularly along the wild coast of Britain and France and in northern Scotland. Night after night, the ancients used foresights on the great horizon circle to calculate a curve on the ground, marking positions with stakes or rods. Marking, uh, let's see, with stakes or rods, stepping back each night, the curve obtained... The curve obtained on this ground is, to a smaller scale, a graph of the moon's declination plotted on a time base. Tom notes that the megalithic people were mariners, traveling the sea to the far ends of the Scottish Isles and further. Sailors in those dangerous waters needed some means of predicting tides. Knowing from lunar observations when to expect an eclipse, they could then calculate the the resonant direction, Uh, the resultant direction and violence of the tides. There is no longer any doubt about the advanced astronomical nature of these lunar observatory sites. What no one mentions is that women were the first observers of lunar cycles. As the first agriculturalists, women related moon phases to planting and reaping times. Even earlier, women watched the moon to know the optimal time to conceive to abort, to give birth. It is women who live the lunar cycles in our bodies. Becoming and changing are the lunar order of things. The moon exerts an identical influence on the magnetic serpent current in the earth, the tides of the sea and women's menstrual flow. The lunar body is mirrored in nature and it synchronizes with the flow of the menstrual blood. See in, End of chapter 24. Chapter 25, Lunar Calendars. The first engraved rocks and stones tell yet, um, the first engraved rocks and stone tools yet found date, um, date from 300,000 BC, 300,000 BC. This was at the very beginning of of Homo sapiens. During the early Neanderthal period in Second interglacial Europe, these permanently marked stones are believed um, are believed to be time markers, moon time markers, and were without a doubt engraved by females. So early, as Thompson notes, the human is miniaturizing her universe into symbolic form. Thousands of similar pieces of stone and bone have been found dating from the later Old Stone Age, circa 30,000 BC. These are marked with long and often complex sequences of notches and scratches and elaboration of the earliest Neanderthal engraved stones. Me, many prehistorians have dismissed these marks as decorations. Does this sound familiar by now? But Alexander Marshak, an American um, astrolog- uh, excuse me, archaeological writer, decided to study these marks systematically under a microscope. He found the signs to be deliberately made, the tiny grooves cut in different depths, widths, and shapes. Scratches on one pebble or bone were made with different, differently shaped tools. Marshak concluded that the marker changed to a new tool, often cutting at a different angle or new angle with each change of the moon's phase. Each piece of bone records six months on one side and six months on the other. This system had been undergoing refinement since the Neanderthal engraved rocks of 300,000 BC. It was a complicated notation for recording factual data, timekeeping, phase, and cycle marking. And it was in use in Europe 10s Indeed, hundreds of thousands of years before what is called true writing appeared in the Near East sometime in the late fourth millennia B.C. This notation and the lunar calendar it recorded was the invention of women. Marshak has studied another form of timekeeping, the lunar calendar stick. Originally perhaps carved from bone, later of wood, the sticks were an elaborate record of the lunar year. One such calendar stick that Marshak spotted in eighteen twenty eight in an eighteen twenty eight portrait of a Winnebago chief with fifty three in with a, was fifty-three inches long with four sides or faces, vertical marks etched into it at regular intervals. Above them are small crescents and dots. These sticks were complex lunar tally sticks that marked the lunar year. Brought the lunar year into phase with the solar year and noted the times of rituals. So far, Marshak has found at least five calendar sticks from three different Native American tribes. Such sticks appear in Paleolithic caves, cave paintings dating from 50,000 BC. They were, he- they are held by women and shamans and later became the quote, magician's wand. A. Bruel named this stick The le béton de commandement, suggesting it was an insignia of male rulership or power. But in fact, as a lunar measuring instrument, the stick um, derives from women's earliest moon phase engravings on rock and bone. In Topsa's words, the owner of the baton is not man, the mighty hunter, but the midwife. The midwife, of course, because it was her job and the job of every pregnant woman to know exactly when babies were due. Anthropologists have described a keeping of lunar calendars, specifically by women among Australian Aborigines, six Siberian tribes, and the uh, the Yurok Indians of North America. Australian women used notched sticks. Among past and present-day Siberians, in, in gons, in Gansans, in, Te, in dolgons, chukchi, koyaks, and kets, pregnancy has the duration of exactly 10 lunar months. And it has always been women who kept the lunar calendars, calendars marking those months off toward a safe full-term birth. Yurok women kept menstrual calendars and were certainly typical in this of other Native American women of both hemispheres. The Yurok count was kept by dropping a month stick each lunar month into a second basket until they reached a a count of 10. With this method, they used to predict births to within a day, a crucial accuracy among early hunting and gathering people on the move. The count was also useful in in connection with abortion. As Thompson says, it is perfectly reasonable to assume that menstruation, lunar calendars, and midwifery are as much or more at the foundation of human science than man, the great killer, so celebrated by the macho anthropologists. And in fact, this does not make sense. uh, uh, Excuse me. In fact, this does make sense. The kind of clear, simple sense that is so easily overlooked. The biblical idea that humanity began with a crime of disobedience is wrong. The capitalist Darwinian notion that human intellect begins with a clever act of self-interested murder or plunder or and self-aggrandizement is wrong. The macho anthropological belief that human life and the human brain evolved through the inventions, discoveries, and experiences of the male hunter alone is all wrong. Human life begins with birth and the human and human culture and intelligence began with birth with the females experiences of surviving pregnancy and bearing children and keeping them alive y'all ain't heard the word of god today y'all ain't heard word okay let me just mark this So the possession by the uh, the Winnebago Indian chief of a lunar calendar stick as part of his insignia of power, along with an axe and a neck pendant, shows that this ruling power derives from the ancient time of female power. Thompson again points out that priests and shamans, must always dress as women to take on women's original magic and that Aboriginal men worldwide were put through imitation, childbirth, and menstruation rituals for the purposes of initiation. Come on now, y'all. Somebody tell me that you're listening, okay? Come on. The fact, y'all let me read that again because y'all ain't heard. Y'all ain't heard. Thompson again points out that priests and shamans must always dress as women to take on women's original magic. And the Aboriginal men worldwide were put through imitation, childbirth and menstruation rituals for this purpose of initiation, baby. okay? The fact that the baton was taken over by men in the militaristic cultures of patriarchal civilization may in fact indicate that they took it over because it was a most ancient symbol of female power or feminine power. So, at the very beginning of the Upper Paleolithic, women, Neanderthal women, apparently knew that lunar periods were of a certain length, were repeated regularly, and that the phases were roughly predictable within a day or two. Cro-Magnon women, In 30,000 BC had formed a conception of lunar, of a lunar year and were working out a lunar calendar. By the end of the Paleolithic age, circa 10,000 BC, they could predict the seasons of the year, the phases of the moon, the annual migrations of animals, birds, and fish. When, when the Neolithic people, When the Neolithic people settled the village, the village sites, they began building their calendars, stone circles that were u- that were used to be for lunar and solar observations as well as religious ceremonies. Or perhaps it was the other way around. Perhaps the ceremonial observatories, these power centers, formed a fixed point of stone where the low key that gave rise to the settled farming communities that replaced the nomadic food gatherers and hunters. It is not far-fetched to think women invented symbolic and abstract notation, uh, observational science, and early mathematics. Early women's thought processes, early men's too, were still organic, still rooted in nature and practical experience, not alienated or born of desire to conquer nature. Organic, rational thought emerged from a desire to cooperate with the natural world and from a real integral observance of the needs and the rhythms of the personal self and the human community. It also emerged from a mind free of inhibitions, blocks and dogmas imposed by later patriarchal religions and cultures, Baby, the implication Of this association of women and the moon would suggest that women were the first observers of the basic periodicity of nature. The periodicity upon which all later scientific observations were made. K. Shh. Y'all ain't her. This girl out here preaching right now. Woman was the first to take note. A correspondence between an internal process she was going through and an external process in nature. She she is the one who constructs a more holistic epistemology in which subject and object are in sympathetic resonance with one another. She is the holistic scientist. Come on. She is the holistic scientist who constructs a more holistic epistemology in which subject and object are more sympathetic are in sympathetic resonance with one another. She is the holistic scientist who constructs a taxonomy for all the beneficial herbs and plants. She is the one who knows the secrets of the time of their flowering. The worldview that separates the observer from the system he observes that imagines that the universe can be split into mere subjectivity and re- real objectivity is, whoop, oh, oh my God. Yeah, mm-hmm. the worldview that separates the observer from the system that he observes the, that imagines the universe can be split into mere Subjectivity and real objectivity is not of her doing. She expresses the withness of the body. That, that she expresses the withness of the body that Whitehead tried to rediscover in his philosophy of organism and process. Here is the philosophy that stood before the speculations of the prosocritic, the prosocratics. She uh, is the Holy Mother Church, which this, uh, Descartes challenged when he cut the umbilical cord between philosophy and the church and split reality into res extensa and res con, uh, cognit, cognit, uh, cogitons. The reason the Venus of Salle or the modern Virgin of Guadalupe are pictured with the crescent moon is that woman and the moon are a singular Mystery. Mm, 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 mm. This mystery is and was a reality and all original real mystery was observed, studied, pondered, and participated in by original real human beings. Mystery was not used as a tool of fear or oppression of, uh, of obfus- obfuscation. And power, but was used gratefully as ceremonial food by the evolving human intelligence, led by the observational intelligence of women. In the Women's Encyclopedia of Myths and Secrets by Barbara G. Walker, reminds us that um, mathesis or mathesis, um, mathesis means mother's wisdom, and originally referred to the to divination by the stars. Worldwide, in ancient and modern languages, the word ma means mother. The first astrologers and mathematicians, meaning learned mothers, were women. Oh. Were women. The Lunda people of African Angola tell of a girl who discovered a method for measuring long distances in uh, boundary disputes. In her daily tasks, she wove wicker work doors for huts from leather strips, measuring them, measuring them a thumbnail wide. She noticed that an ox hide could be cut into continuous strips, into a continuous strip to cover a great distance but that and that all oxides produced similar strength, uh, similar, similar strips of length. She so she suggested the strips be used as a standard unit of measurement by her tribe, certainly measuring amounts of stored food and estimating how uh, how much could be used on a daily basis to feed a certain number of people through The lean months of the agricultural year gave Neolithic women profound experience in mathematical calculations. Life depended on it. Geometry and the human image were originally two expressions of the same divine image, the body of the universe. Number emerged from sensory matter. To the the ancients, number was always founded in real and concrete human experience, and did not possess abstract universality or objectivity. The megalithic yard of the stone monument builders was 2.72 feet, the measurement of the human stride. Throughout classic antiquity, measurements were based primarily on parts of the human body, i.e. the foot, the handspan, the finger joint. Um, The Chinese word for mathematics is swan. Um, it is no older than Confucius, circa 600 BC. Units of linear measurement or measure were codified into abstractions gradually and process perhaps began, begun in Babylon circa 2500 BC. In Western artistic creation, we have inherited a tradition of ideal forms and measurements that uses a numerical system exploited during the European Renaissance. This tradition can be tracked back to Pythagoras, circa 550 BC, who developed a a kind of mathematical mysticism out of the the megalithic philosophy. He he acquired his knowledge and perhaps his methods also from Thracian wise women. Pythagoras, like mathematicians after him, came to believe that mathematics is not just a language describing nature, but is inherent in nature all things are numbers numbers are the first principle indeed the very elements of the things of nature thus for the western world a description was abstracted from substance and deified into an objective system mm. thus pythagoras introduced oh, 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 oh. thus Pythagoras introduced logical reasoning rather than organic reasoning into the domain of religion and ritual, laying the foundations for the later intellectual theology of Christian scholars and the Western world in general. This combination of mathematics and theology characterizes religious philosophy in classic Greece, in medieval Europe, in reformation and modern times. Consequently, God was no longer intuition or ecstatic vision, not profound ontological experience, but a kind of rational machine explained by a few scholarly men. Plato, St. Augustine, Thomas Aquinas, Descartes, all inherited this numerical philosophy and shared a logical admiration of the timeless and static, utterly transcended and aloof, pure spirit of the Father God. Come on, yo. Of the um, of the Father God, utterly extracted, utterly abstracted from flesh and earthly cyclicity, this Father God was an unappeal, was as unappealable as pure number. Pure um, pure number is always elevated above the messy world of mere life. During three hundred years of witch hunts in Europe. This rationalistic theology was used as a legal and clerical weapon against the still against what still remained of the ancient women cultures. medieval uh, medieval medieval Slia not only debated endlessly,, ooh, not only debated endlessly and in dead earnest about how many angels could dance on the head of a pen, During obscene torture, priests and civil judges also hounded their female victims with obsessive questions about the precise number of imps she employed, the total number of times she had intercourse with the devil, the exact size and the length of his member, and so forth. The dogmatic insistence on numbers was supposed to cast an an aura of rationality and objectivity around their otherwise bizarre and sick proceedings. In modern forms, i.e. psychological measurement, behavioral norms, notions of quantifiable, quote, sanity and adjustment, deified number is still used as a power tool against social deviance. In contrast, Eastern mysticism, like Europe, like European paganism orientation and the primal orientation everywhere else, understands mathematics as one part of our conceptual map. A means of apprehending one part of reality, but not an abstractable feature of reality itself. Reality is undifferentiated, constantly moving, and cyclic like the moon. That is the end of chapter 25. Chapter 26. Moon Minds. The slightly bulging equatorial region of our globe is closer to the moon than other parts of the Earth. Probably for this reason, women who live near the equator tend to ovulate during the full moon. Because of the phenomena of menstrual uh, synchrony in which women living together tend to have their periods at the same time, a synchronous full moon ovulation would mean a synchronous menstruation near the dark of the moon. And mythology has, in fact, always associated the two. Women living together in small gathering hunting groups or bands in the equatorial regions would have their bleeding times together at the same time of the month when the moon was dark and the earth was devoid of her light. Our human ancestors lived for millions of years in equatorial Africa, and perhaps this means that human consciousness began evolving in synchrony with this Powerful observed fact of all women, all females bleeding together, bleeding mystery, mysteriously in time with the mysterious disappearance of the moon. Hey, baby girl, Lena Marie. Among uh, among early women, no one experienced menstruation in private. It was not a personal phenomenon, but was an awesome datum of the female group. Group initiation rites were held when the young girls reached puberty. This is still true among all Aboriginal people worldwide whose customs have not been totally suppressed by Christian patriarchy. Originally, female puberty rites of the first menstruation were not meant to punish girls with with shame for the crime of becoming women or to restrict their new lives as women in any punitive way. The rites were a celebration of female power and an initiation of the young girl into the wise and careful use of that power for the benefit of the all. The first menstruation was a transition into partaking of the nature of the cosmic mother and of all her and of her full face. The moon women's monthly cycle being seen as a part being seen as the same duration as the moon cycle and women's bleeding synchronous synchronous actually or legendarily with the dark moon, it was easy to believe that the moon mother was bleeding too. The witches' sabbaths were originally observances of the sacred or taboo days at the new and full moon, critical days of her cycle, days and nights of great power, and for good or for harm. Women originally went into menstrual huts in order... in order to gather their dark moon power, to focus it and study it in solitude. In both group and solitary meditation, moon power became mind power. In most languages, there is a common root word for moon and menstruation. Our own word for menstruation comes from mensis, M-E-N-S-E-S, the Latin word for month, which was measured originally by the moon. And both words are related through Indo-European roots to the old English word mona, which means moon, deriving from me, which meant both mind and measurement. All all are cognates, moon, mind, measurement, month, menstruation, since it is the moon mind that establishes uh, establishes measurement, including calendars. This cluster of meanings can also be found in the Egyptian moon god, who was worshipped as the creator of the alphabet, the art of writing, literature, numbers, counting, and wisdom. Though the Egyptian moon god was male, he was seen as the lover of the goddess and thus assigned her attributes. Menstruation also means moon change, also mind change. The the mother was seen to rest at the full moon when she was neither waxing nor waning. Sabbath means heart rest. The witches sabbaths were first held once a month, but later at each quarter of the moon. All witches celebrations, all pagan rituals were acts of cognizing a revolving process, change within community, change within continuity, continuity within change, around and around forever. Pregnancy, as well as menstruation, was believed to be caused by the moon. Menstruation came from the new moon or the dark moon, while the full moon impregnated, a folk belief that correlates very well with the fact of equatorial ovulation during the full moon. Many mythological and folk heroes and religious founders were supposedly conceived by the moon, including the Buddha. And Jesus, when we think about it, whose mother still stands on her moon. Physically, the moon exerts a gravitational pull, which, combined with that of the sun, deforms the Earth's surface by as much as a foot. The surface of the ocean is pulled into a bulge measuring seven feet, causing the tides. Recent studies have shown, however, that it is it is the light of the moon, perhaps even more than its gravitational pull, that influences reproductive behavior in organisms. Like most animals and plants, human humans evolved in a light and dark world, day and night, alternating regularly. But periodically, the night is not dark around the time of the full moon. Perhaps the human species evolved a genetic response to moonlight if all early women ovulated at the full moon. Light is a potent trigger of biological rhythms, and it is not an impossibility that artificial light has affected our body rhythms. There is never real darkness in a city, destroying our ancient understanding of our menstrual month-moon curiosity, perhaps uh, destroying our knowledge of natural conception, as suggested provocatively by Louise Lacey in her book, luniception. The power of fertility in plants as well as in humans was seen to emanate from the moon. Many people still hold the ancient belief that plants grow mostly at night under the polarized moonlight. Agriculture began in in very warm near eastern climates where the sun can be a force uh, too hostile to life, scorching young shoots, burning leaves, and the soil into arid dust. Plutarch in his, in his Isis and Osiris argued that the moon, this is a quote, the moon with her humid and generative light is favorable to the propagation of animals and the growth of plants. While the sun with his fierce fires scorches and burns up all growing things, renders the greater part of the earth uninhabitable by pers, uh, let's see, uninhabitable. Mm by reason of his blaze, and often overpowers the moon herself. In such lands, summer, with its unrelenting heat, was conceived as a return to chaos, the end of the world through heat and fire. Early people saw the sun as the lesser fruit of the mother sky. It was female night with her cool moisture and magical moonlight that gave life and fertility. In the cold north, though, the, where the sun is benevolent and welcome, the sun was seen as the mother goddess. Perhaps this was so far for the Celts. Ancient people knew that a child is not, the, is not only the product of human sex. Children are also the offspring of the earth spirit joined with the astrological influences existing at its conception and birth. Earth was considered to be the home of children before they were born. In Africa and Australia, for example, souls waiting to be born were believed to live under the earth or in rocks. Unborn children lived in fountains, springs, lakes, and streams, or in trees, bushes, and flowers, waiting to be born as human beings through the joined energies of earth and moon. Festivals dedicated to the goddess were the favorite times to conceive children. This moon's monthly waxing was beneficial to an infant's growth. And there were baptism rites where the baby was exposed to the moon, sun, and earth, incorporating the newborn within this celestial sphere or family. In this way, both Bantu Africans and Native Americans linked the social, biological, and spiritual worlds. Among people for whom sex does not imply impurity, a whole magic co-religious danger, the taboo on the sexual acts does not occur in relation to ceremonies. Rather, ceremonial sex was always a powerful act leading to spiritual perfection. Within the stone circles of the Neolithic, perhaps, perhaps the entire human community celebrated the creative power of the goddess in festivals coinciding with those magic times when the energy tides of the unseen flowed strongly around and through the earth. Earth channels were then wide open to receive her spirit, giving enhanced consciousness, healing, and fertility to the people. These are the ceremonies that have been so condescendingly labeled, quote, fertility rites by purient patriarchal anthropo- anthropologists and satanic orgies by the missionaries. And what, and what were Those, let's see, and what were those children like who were born with the blessings of both moon mother and their human mothers? Were their psyches wide open, communicating easily with the greater self? Was the psychic astral lunar body more vibrant and aware? Were they able to communicate and resonate with animals and plants, the stones, the whole earth, and also tune into cosmic vibrations of moon, sun, and stars? What Were Moon Minds Like? The vast silence of dark space lit by the clarity of the moon and stars became a metaphor for deep thought and creative vision. The moon goddess was the judge and giver of law. Crimes and challenges by the women by moonlight. And let's see, by moonlight, bright nights were spent sitting around the fire, thinking, contemplating, and envisioning. This is why words that have to do with mental activity are, in most languages, cognate with the names for the moon, i.e., mens, M-E-N-S, mental, measure, month, and mind. Quote, they call the moon the mother of the universe. Having both female and male powers and reaping were reckoned by the moon, sowing at the new moon and reaping at the old. All, as, all archaeological proceedings had to be tamed with the moon's changes, t- excuse me, time with the moon's changes. Planting, cultivating, and harvesting were originally women's work. Since only women are under the di- direct guardianship of the Moon Mother, many archaeological pe- uh, excuse me, many agricultural pe- people still believe that only women can make things grow. To be seen, decent studies of psychic, phenology. the dowsing rod always responds to the polarity of women bodies. Matter from what oh, but. No, y'all hate biology like a mug, so. But the reason you hate biology is because you hate both. From the morning dew, natural rains, and the rain to the great rivers and oceans. The moon queen was the moistest part. There had been darkness and seemingly changeless stability. Time sense. Seasonal India, um, un, uh, inundation of land helped mark these planting and harvesting periods. Shepherds learned to reckon the periods of river height increase by watching the muses cross the higher pathway of the stars. Out of primordial dream time emerged this new revolutionary conception of seasonal advance and regression, the complex interplay of opposing forces and their regularity. Until recently, duration of time was reckoned by nights rather than days. This can still be seen in time words like fortnight, honeymoon, um, month, or moon. Originally, the month was a triplicity. Like the moon's cycle, waxing, full, and waning, the month was divided into three periods of 10 days each. And this division is retained in the astrological division of of the zodiacal month in three deacons. The first of each month fell on the night when the lunar crescent appeared. The crescent of the waxing moon came to symbolize increasing power. Um, Increasing power and was later adopted as the emblem of Islam for this reason. Pre-Islamic Arabic people were all moon worshipers. Even the summer and winter solstice the zodiacal constellations were called the houses of the moon um, and the zodiacal belt was named the girdle of Ishtar. This Neolithic time calculation is quite different from that of the Paleolithic cave people. Cave peoples who reckon cycles by the breeding seasons of animals and the agricultural Neolithic people developed a new consciousness of their own being in the relation in relation to the universe. This new consciousness is much closer to what we call modern. The understanding of numerical relations made it possible to make brick units from sun-dried mud, units of definite size and shape. The many industries developed by women, the willed transformation of matter brought about by women's discoveries and experiences with fire and water, led undoubtedly to... To increased activity of the logical mind. Oh my God. Mm, 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 mm. Damn. Just the notion of stone was an amazing feat of abstract thinking. A, con- a conception of cyclic symmetry developed, which in the end led to the invention of the wheel. There was a striking geometric tendency in the Neolithic design, as in the repeated patterns of woven cloth and the repeated signs and symbols of pottery. This abstract and repetitive patterning was very different from the naturalistic animal and human forms of the old stone age cave cultures. And it has its dangers, with the development of the pottery wheel. As has been said, in many cultures, men took over ceramics entirely and began the, quote, mass production of items that had once been very lovingly handcrafted for local use. <coughs> what kept this Neolithic intellectual development still within the matriarchal context was that all magical symbols, the lunar calendar, The daily industries occurred within a ritual, religious framework belonging to the goddess and to the human collective. Techniques and signs were not to be manipulated for personal profit or exploited for personal power until the full establishment of patriarchy in the Bronze Age or the late Neolithic. Oh, oh my God. This is the last chapter I'm going to read for the evening. Let's see. Actually, I think. What time is it? What time did this start? Yeah, this is gonna be. Yeah, that's gonna be the last chapter that I read for the evening. It's all we're all of a an hour. So I appreciate you all for joining me this evening for the reading. Of the Great Cosmic Mother, Rediscovering the Religion of the Earth by Monica Zhu and Barbara Moore. We finished tonight um, chapters 24 through 26. So we'll pick up again tomorrow with chapter 27. Um, and so, again, if you are interested in participating in the book club, just go to my Facebook page. And I actually have a link to that Facebook page book club in the description below. Please subscribe, um, share with others, click the alert thing, you understand, um, for the readings. And um, happy Equinox, by the way, to you all. I hope you had a good and productive day. Um, and with that being said, I will see you guys again tomorrow. This is Yapo Woyandangina, also known as Cassandra Floyd and the rogue black girl. I will see you again tomorrow. Um, and I wanna always close from now on with, I am grateful to my mother, Jacqueline Jeanette Floyd, or Jacqueline Jeanette Futch now, um, the God of my life who said yes to my life. She is the first God that I ever knew. I want to say thank you to Jacqueline Jeanette Floyd for saying yes to my life when she could have said no. With that being said, I wanna say good night. And I will talk to you and see you again tomorrow. Peace.